This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. How you doing? Tis I, Nicholas of Hennigan, coming at you once more in glorious stereo and, of course, also on bohemianbritain.com. Um, well, what can I tell you? Bach. Yes, I'm in Wales, quite appropriately too, because we are celebrating this weekend, the 14th of May, 2023, Dylan Thomas Day. Dylan Thomas Day, I hear you cry. Yes, don't cry. It is indeed a celebration um, of the first, uh, the 14th of May, by the way, is the anniversary of the date when Under Milkwood was first read in New York in 1953 on stage. It was at the... Uh, 92Y Poetry Centre, I do believe, in New York. And um, we've been involved with this for a few years now. I was actually, uh, I got a bit of assistance off the Welsh Government, thank them very much, Literature Wales, to uh, carry out um, some um, interesting stuff a few years ago. We've also been involved with, uh, of course, Griff Rees-Jones, who's a, a good Welshman. <laughs> and in fact, probably next week, I'm going to go back into the archives. I went round to Griff's place when he lived in Fitzrovia. Um, he was involved in a Dylan Thomas in Fitzrovia festival we did a few years ago. And I went round to his place and had a chat with him in the kitchen. So I'm going to see if I can find that uh, that footage and ask Griff if he minds if I use it again. And I might play that for you because Griff Rees-Jones, clever bloke, uh, and some interesting ideas on Dylan Thomas. Um, I also am sort of fortunate enough through doing the London Literary Pub Crawl to know one or two people uh, in Dylan's family, uh, mainly Hal, uh, Hal, uh, Hannah Ellis, who's the granddaughter of Dylan Thomas. She's also the creative coordinator for his literary estate. And as she says, uh, as she writes, uh, International Dylan Thomas Day gives us a chance each year to celebrate Dylan Thomas's achievements. There's still the enthusiasm for a national day to mark my grandfather's life and legacy. And we want to keep May the 14th as a prominent date on the literary calendar. Now, if uh, you're listening to this on the Saturday the 13th on Resonance 104.4 FM, and if you're in London, then go to LondonLiteraryPubCrawl.com, uh, Dylan Thomas Day, because we've got a special walk going out on Sunday the 14th at 5 o'clock. It starts in Fitzrovia. It starts actually in the pub where Dylan Thomas first met his wife. Spoiler, it was love at first sight. They actually went round the corner and spent the night at the... It, oh, no, I won't tell you that now. Yeah. Just go on the go on the walk if you can. Uh, the Dylan Thomas Walk. I say LondonLiteraryPubCrawl.com. Have a look on the website there and look at the um, Dylan Thomas Day. Uh, it's a one-off. We start at five o'clock. Uh, and in fact, Richard is the writer guide. Uh, he really likes to... He likes to put the pub in pub crawl. Uh, he's a good old boy, get lots of five-star reviews, so he's 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 in charge, um, so you'd be warned if you fancy doing that, then do so. But we're going to play uh, some uh, poetry now, because um, I'm on holiday. Well, I say I'm on holiday, I'm actually I'm here at the moment in Wales, in a place called Clenon. Uh, I'm going to put little videos up as well on bohemianbritain.com, uh, because we're on the Dylan Thomas trail here. But another great fan of Dylan Thomas, and an honorary Welshman, because he's, I think his great uncle was Richard Burton, uh, is Guy Masterson, who, uh, if you're if you around the kind of the Edinburgh Festival fringe scene, you'll know of Guy. He's been there longer than, oh, longer than Mount Vesuvius. Uh, and uh, he's also uh, a great performer. 
uh, and I consider him to be a chum. I adapted and directed him in a version of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, which we've got plans to do a bigger version. It, it tends to be in London at some point, and then it tours the country, and in fact, pre-COVID, it was touring the world. So we've got plans to do that at Christmas, but that's for later. But Guy is a big Dylan Thomas fan, and so I thought I'd play some uh, Guy Masterson reading Dylan Thomas. This is called Holiday Memory. August Bank Holiday. A tune on an ice cream cornet, a slap of sea and a tickle of sand, a fanfare of sunshades opening, a wince and whinny of bathers dancing into deceptive water, a tuck of dresses, a rolling of trousers, a compromise of paddlers, a sunburn of girls and a lark of boys, a silent hullabaloo of balloons. I remember the sea telling lies once, in a shell held to my ear for a whole harmonious, hollow minute, by a small, wet girl in an enormous bathing suit marked Corporation Property. I remember sharing the last of my moist buns with a boy and a lion, tawny and savage, with cruel nails and capacious mouth, the little boy tore and devoured. Wild as seed cake, ferocious as a hearthrug, the depressed and verminous lion nibbled like a mouse at his half a bun and hiccuped in the sad dusk of his cage. I remember a man like an alderman or a bailiff, bowlered and collarless, with a bag of monkey nuts in his hand, crying, Ride em, cowboy, time and again, as he whirled in his chairplane, giddily above the upturned, laughing faces of the town girls bold as brass, and the boys with padded shoulders and shoes sharp as knives, and the monkey nuts flew through the air like salty hail. Children all day capered or squealed by the glazed or bashing sea, and the steam organ wheezed its waltzes in the threadbare playground and in the waste lot where the dodgems dodged behind the pickle factory, and mothers loudly warned their proud pink daughters or sons to put that jellyfish down, and fathers spread newspapers over their faces, and sand fleas hopped on the picnic lettuce, and someone had forgotten the salt. In those always radiant, rainless, lazily rowdy and sky-blue summers departed, I remember August Monday from the rising of the sun over the stained and royal town to the husky hushing of the roundabout music and the dousing of the naphtha jets in the seaside fair, from bubble and squeak to the last of the sandy sandwiches. There was no need that holiday morning for the sluggardly boys to be shouted down to breakfast, out of their jumbled beds they tumbled, scrambled into their rumpled clothes. Quickly at the bathroom basin they catlicked their hands and faces, but never forgot to run the water loud and long, as though they washed like colliers. In front of their cracked looking-glass bordered with cigarette cards, in their treasure-trove bedrooms they whisked a gap-tooth comb through their surly hair, and with shining cheeks and noses and tide-marked necks they took the stairs three at a time. But for all their scramble and scamper, clamour on the landing, cutlick and toothbrush flick, hair whisk and stair jump, their sisters were always there before them. Up with the lady lark, they had prinked and frizzed and hot-ironed and smug in their blossoming dresses, ribboned for the sun, in gym shoes white as the blank-oared snow, neat and silly with doilies and tomatoes, they helped in the higgledly kitchen. They were calm they were virtuous, 
They had washed their necks. They did not romp or fidget, and only the smallest sister put out her tongue at the noisy boys. And the woman who lived next door came into the kitchen and said that her mother, an ancient uncertain body who wore a hat with cherries, was having one of her days, and had insisted that very holiday morning in carrying all the way to the tram stop a photograph album and the cut-glass football from the front room. This was the morning when father, mending one hole in the thermos flask, made three. When the sun declared war on the butter, and the butter ran. When dogs, with all the sweet-binned backyards to wag and sniff and bicker in, chased their tails in the jostling kitchen, worried sandshoes, snapped at flies, writhed between legs, scratched among towels, <laughs> sat smiling on hampers. And if you could have listened at some of the open doors of some of the houses of the street, you might have heard... Uncle Owen says he can't find the bottle opener. As he looked under the hall stand, Willie's cut his finger. Got your spade? If someone doesn't kill that dog. Uncle Owen says, why should the bottle be under the hall stand? Never again, never again. I know I put the pepper somewhere. Willie's bleeding. Oh, look, there's a bootlace in my bucket. Come on, come on. Oh, let's have a look at the bootlace in your bucket. If I lay my hands on that dog, Uncle Owen's found the bottle opener. Willie's bleeding over the cheese. And all the trams that hissed like ganders took us all to the beautiful beach. There was cricket on the sand and sand in the sponge cake, sand flies in the watercress and foolish mulish, religious donkeys on the unwilling trot. Girls undressed in slipping tents of propriety. Under invisible umbrellas, stout ladies dressed for the male and immoral sea. Little naked navvies dug canals. Children with spades and no ambition built fleeting castles. Wispy young men outside the bathing huts whistled at substantial young women and dogs who desired thrown stones more than the bones of elephants. Recalcitrant uncles huddled over Luke Ale in the tiger-striped marquees. Mothers in black, like wobbling mountains, gasped under the discarded dresses of daughters who shrilly braved the goblin waves. And fathers, in the once-a-year sun, took fifty winks. Oh, think of all the fifty winks along the paper-bagged sand. Licorice all sorts and Welsh hearts were melting, and the sticks of rock that we all sucked were like barbers' poles made of rhubarb. In the distance, surrounded by disappointed theoreticians and an ironmonger with a drum, a crossman on an orange box shouted that holidays were wrong, and the waves rolled in with rubber ducks and clocks upon them. I remember the patient, laborious and enamouring hobby or profession of burying relatives in the sand, I remember the princely pastime of pouring sand from cupped hands or buckets down collars and tops of dresses. The shriek, the shake, the slap. I can remember the boy by himself, the beachcombing lone wolf, hungrily waiting at the edge of family cricket, the friendless fielder, the boy uninvited to bat or to tea. I remember the smell of sea and seaweed, wet flesh, wet hair, wet bathing dresses, the warm smell as of a rabbity field after rain, the smell of pop and splash sunshades and 
toffee, the stable and straw smell of hot, tossed, tumbled, dug and trodden sand, the swill and gas-lamp smell of Saturday night, though the sun shone strong, from the bellying beer tents, the smell of vinegar on shelled cockles, winkle smell, shrimp smell, the dripping, oily, backstreet winter smell of chips in newspapers, the smell of ships from the Sunday's docks round the corners of the sandhills, the smell of the known and paddled-in sea moving, full of the drowned and headings, out and away and beyond and further still toward the Antipodes that hung their koala bears and Maoris, kangaroos and boomerangs upside down off the backs of the stars and the noise of pummeling punch and Judy falling and a clock tolling or telling no time in the tenorless town now and again a bell from a lost tower or a train on the lines behind us clearing its throat and always the hopeless, ravenous, swearing and pleading of the gulls. Donkey bray and hawker cry, harmonicas and toy trumpets, shouting and laughing and singing, hooting of tugs and tramps, the clip of the chair attendant's puncher, the motorboat coughing in the bay, and the same hymn and washing of the sea that was heard in the Bible. If he could only just, if he could only just, you were lips said again and again as you scooped in the hop-hot sand. Dungeons, garages, torture chambers, train tunnels, arsenals, hangers for zeppelins, witches' kitchens, vampires' parlours, smugglers' cellars, trolls' grog shops, sewers, under a ponderous and crackling castle. If it could only just be like this forever and ever. Amen. August Monday, all over the earth, from the mumbles where the aunties grew like ladies on a seaside tree, to brown bear-hugging Hentyland and the turtled Ballantine Islands. Could donkeys go on the ice? Only if it got snowshoes. We snowshoed a meek, complaining donkey and galloped him off in the wake of the ten-foot-tall and atlas-muscled mounties, rifled and pemmicaned, who always, in the white gold-rush wastes, got their black-owed and bearded man. Are there donkeys on desert islands? Only sort of donkeys. What do you mean, sort of donkeys? Native donkeys. They hunt things on them. Sort of walruses and seals and things? Donkeys can't swim. Well, these donkeys come. They swim like whales. They swim like anything. They swim like liar. Liar yourself! And two small boys fought fiercely and silently in the sand, rolling together in a ball of legs and bottoms. Then they went and saw the Pierrots, or bought vanilla ices. Lolling or larrikin, that unsoiled, boiling beauty of a common day, great Gods, with their braces over their vests, sang, spat pips, puffed smoke at wasps, gulped and ogled, forgot the rent, embraced, posed for the dicky bird, were coarse, had rainbow-coloured armpits, winked, belched, blamed the radishes, looked at Ilfricum, played hymns on paper and comb, peeled bananas, scratched, found seaweed in the Panamas, blew up paper bags and banged them, wished for nothing. But over all the beautiful beach, I remember most the children playing, boys and girls tumbling, moving jewels who might never be happy again, and happy as a sandboy is as true as the heat of the sun. Dusk came down 
or grew up out of the sands and the sea, or curled around us from the calling docks and the bloodily smoking sun. The day was done, and the sands brushed and ruffled suddenly with a sea broom of cold wind, and we gathered together all the spades and buckets and towels, empty hampers and bottles, umbrellas and fish frails, bats and balls and knitting, and went, Oh, listen, Dad, to the fair in the dusk on the bald seaside field. Fairs were no good in the day. Then they were shoddy and tired. The voices of the hoopla girls were crimped as elocutionists. No cannonball could shake the roosting coconuts. The gondolas mechanically repeated their sober lurch. The wall of death was safe as a governor's cart. The wooden animals were waiting for the night. But in the night, the hoopla girls, like operatic crows, croaked at the coming moon. Whiz, whirl, and ten for a tanner. The coconuts rained from their sawdust like grouse from a highland sky. Tipsy, the griffin-proud gondolas weaved on dizzy rails. The wall of death was a spinning rim of ruin, and the neighing wooden horses took to a haunting hunting tune a thousand beaches brooks as easily and breezily as who swallows. Approaching at dusk the fair field from the beach, we scorched and gritty boys heard above the belabouring of the bathless sea the siren voices of the raucous horsey barkers. Roll up, roll up! In her tent and her rolls of flesh, the fattest woman in the world sat sewing her winter frock, another tent, and fixed her little eyes black currants in blancmange, on the skeletons who filed and sniggered by. Roll up, roll up, roll up to see the largest rat on earth, the rover or bonzo or vermin. Here scampered the world's smallest pony, like a Shetland shrew, and here the most intelligent fleas, trained, reined, bridled and bitted, minutely cavorted in their glass corral. Round galleries and shies and stalls, pennies were burning holes in a hundred pockets. Pale young men, with larded hair and Valentino black side whiskers, fags stuck to their lower lips, squinted along their swivel-sighted rifles and aimed at ping-pong balls dancing on fountains. In knife-creased, silver-grey, skirt-like Oxford bags and sleeveless, scarlet, zip-fastened shirt with yellow horizontal stripes, a collier at the strength machine spat on his hands, raised the hammer, and brought it thawing down. The bell rang for Bliner. Outside his booth stood a bitten-eared and barn-door-chested pug, with a nose like a twisted swede, hair that started from his eyebrows, and three teeth, yellow as a camel's, inviting any sportsman to a sudden and sickening basting in the Sunday ring, or a quid if he lasts around. And wiry, cocky, coal-scarred, bow-legged, boozed sportsman by the dozen strutted in and reeled out, and still those three teeth remained, chipped and camel-yellow, in the bored teak face. 
draggled and stout-wanting mothers with haphazard hats, hostile hat-pins, buns awry, bursting bags, and children at their skirts like pop-filled and jam-smeared limpets screamed before the distorting mirrors at their suddenly tapering or tubular bodies and huge ballooning heads, and the children gaily bellowed at their own reflected bogies, withering and bulging in the glass. Old men, smelling a Milford haven in the rain, shuffled, badgering and cadging round the edges of the swaggering crowd, their only wares a handful of damp confetti. A daring dash of schoolboys, safely shoulder to shoulder, with their father's trilbies cocked at a desperate angle over one eye, winked at and whistled after the procession past the swings of two girls, arm in arm, always one pert and pretty, always one with glasses. Girls in sculled and crossbone tunnels shrieked and were comforted. Young men, heroic after pints, stood up on the flying chairplanes, tousled, crimson, and against the rules. Jaunty girls gave sailors sauce. All the fun of the fair in the hot bubbling night, the man in the sand yellow moon over the hurdy of girdies, the swing boats swimming to and fro like slices of the moon, dragons and hippogriffs at the prows of the gondolas breathing fire and Sousa, midnight roundabout riders tantivying under the fairy lights, huntsmen on billy goats and zebras hallooing under a circle of glowworms. And as we climbed home, up the gaslit hill toward the still homes over the mumbling bay, we heard the music die, and the voices drift like sand, and we saw the lights of the fair fade, and at the far end of the seaside field they lit their lamps one by one in the caravans. That's Holiday Memory by Dylan Thomas, read by Guy Masterson. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Nick Hennigan. It's Literary London. If you'd like to get in touch about anything, kind of, well, you know, literally or London-y or... In fact, you don't have to be in London. Yeah, Kath from California regularly emails. Hello, Kath! Listens on the beach in Los Angeles, in California, apparently. I'm not, you know, she hasn't sent pictures, but I, I believe her, I believe her. So if you'd like to get in touch, if there's anything happening, then please feel free to do so. Um, you can now get me at nick at bohemianbritain.com. Yeah, new email address, it's a bit easier. Or radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Or nick at bohemianbritain.com. Um, and if you've got an event happening or, you know, just want to say hello to anyone, or as a particular poem or... a uh, you know, a book or a story that you like, then uh, yeah, just get in touch. Now, another brilliant fan of Dylan Thomas is Keris Matthews, and she has created some beautiful soundscapes based on Dylan Thomas's work, and here's one of them.
Years and years and years ago, when I was a boy, when there were wolves in Wales, and birds the colour of red flannel petticoats whisked past the harp-shaped hills, when we sang and wallowed all night and day in caves that smelt like Sunday afternoons in damp front farmhouse parlours, and we chased with the jawbones of deacons, the English and the bears. Before the motor car, before the wheel, before the duchess-faced horse, when we rode the daft and happy hills bareback, it snowed and it snowed. But here a small boy says, It snowed last year too. I made a snowman, and my brother knocked it down, and I knocked my brother down, and then we had tea. But that was not the same snow, I say. Our snow was not only shaken from whitewash buckets down the sky, it came shawling out of the ground and swam and drifted out of the arms and hands and bodies of the trees. Snow grew overnight on the roofs of the houses like a pure and grandfather moss, minutely white ivied the walls and settled on the postman opening the gate. Like a dumb, numb thunderstorm of white-torn Christmas cards. Were the postman then too, with sprinkling eyes and wind-cherried noses on spread, frozen feet, they crunched up to the doors and mittened on them manfully. But all that the children could hear was a ringing of bells. You mean that the postman went rat-a-tat-tat and the doors rang? I mean that the bells that the children could hear were inside them. I only hear thunder sometimes, never bells. There were church bells too. Inside them? No, 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 in the bat, black, snow-white belfries, tugged by bishops and storks. And they rang their tidings over the bandaged town, over the frozen foam of the powder and ice cream hills, over the crackling sea. It seemed that all the churches boomed for joy under my window and the weathercocks crew for Christmas on our fence. Get back to the postmen. They were just ordinary postmen, fond of walking and dogs and Christmas and the snow. They knocked on the doors with blue knuckles. Ours has got a black knocker. And then they stood on the white welcome mat in the little drifted porches and huffed and puffed, making ghosts with their breath, and jogged from foot to foot like small boys wanted to go out. And then the presents after the Christmas box, and the cold postman with a rose on his button nose tingled down the tea tray slithered run of the chilly Clinton Hill. He went in his ice-bound boots like a man on fishmonger slabs. He wagged his bag like a frozen camel's hump. Dizzily turned the corner on one foot, and by God, he was gone.
Isn't that lovely? Keris Matthews and Years and Years Ago, featuring, I think, Caitlin Finch, uh, her um, take on Dylan Thomas's work. And that's kind of almost what we've got time for, but thank you for your company. As I say, I'm going to try and look out Griff Rees Jones uh, for next time, but we're celebrating Dylan Thomas Day. I'm actually in Wales at the moment. In fact, I was in a bookshop in Aberystwyth yesterday looking at Keris Matthews's rather beautiful version of Under Milkwood. But that's all we have time for. So I'm off for a refreshing butty now. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for your company. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London on BohemianBritain.com. And of course, on Residence 104.4 FM. <laughs>